How's everybody doing today? It is so awesome to see you. If you have your Bible, go ahead and head on over to Matthew chapter 7. It's where we're going to be today. And uh, as we get started, I have a, a question for you. Have you ever met a mean Christian? Mean Christians, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, when I was a little boy, my mom took me to a VBS and it was fun. I enjoyed learning about Jesus. Uh, there's a moment I'll never forget. A bunch of us were playing tag in the church parking lot and there was a girl chasing me down. She was trying to tag me. And as she reached out to tag me, guys, I tripped, I fell, I landed on my wrist. Hurt so bad, I had to go get it checked out and I ended up getting a cast on my wrist. Well, the next day I showed up at church again for another day of VBS and uh, there were some mean church kids and they kept saying, a girl broke your wrist, a girl broke your wrist, a a girl did not break my wrist. I tripped, meanie heads. Well, no doubt you have some stories of your own and uh, we've all met mean Christians. Um, Certainly we've seen them online um, where they oftentimes congregate. Uh, But guys, um, why is it that Christians are so mean? It's a question a lot of people are asking. You know, a few years ago, the Barna Research Group kind of wondered, what do people outside of the church think about Christians inside of the church? They did a huge research project. They published their findings in a book that's called Unchristian. And they found that people outside of the church kept saying the same things. They kept saying Christians are mean, judgmental, hypocritical, and insensitive. You know, you can even prove this um, with a simple Google search. Uh, years ago, Google had an auto-suggest feature. I'm not sure it's still there. Um, but one time I was wondering, what do people think about Christians? And uh, this auto-suggest feature, you could, you could type something in and then it would suggest things to search on based on popular searches. And, and so I thought, what do people think about Christians? And I typed in, why are Christians so? And you know what the top suggestion was? Why are Christians so mean. And people are asking this. And guys, you know, Jesus didn't say, by this, the world will know you're my disciples. By your meanness? Uh Uh-uh. He said, by this, the world will know you're my disciples. By your love. That's right. By your love. And the fact that we're known by something other than love, something that doesn't reflect the love of Jesus Christ, it makes me sad. And it should sadden every person watching this video today because it's not Jesus. And this mean-spiritedness is not what we have learned in Christ. What have we learned in Christ? Over 18 weeks into a series called Kingdom Living. We've been studying the Sermon on the Mount. And this sermon has to be probably one of the greatest messages ever given to humanity. It's certainly one of the most transforming um, the Sermon on the Mount, this, this is Jesus describing what it means and what it looks like to be his follower. This is authentic Jesus, Christianity at its best. And uh, if you're here today, you're not a Christian, I just think you're going to love today because Jesus is going to call Christians out on some things that you've been thinking and saying for a long time. And you're going to be like, preach it, Jesus. Because he's going to tell his followers to not be those mean-spirited, judgmental, insensitive kind of people that we can sometimes be. Maybe you're here today and you are a follower of Jesus and and you're like me. And today is the day to stop. Stop. Take a deep breath. 
I think every one of us, me included, guys, today, we want to look in the mirror. Do my attitudes reflect Christ? You know, what is the attitude we're reflecting to the world? Do our kids see us and go, oh, why is my dad so grumpy? I thought he was a Christian. Do, do our coworkers say, oh, why, why, why is that person hypocritical? I thought they were a Christian. What is our attitude reflecting to the world? When the world looks at us, do they see Jesus Christ? It's a question we need to be asking today. Because, guys, people are already saying things like, why are Christians so mean? They're asking, why are Christians so judgmental? Why do they need to force their beliefs on people? And, and this is exactly what Jesus told us not to do. So we need to stop. Right? We need to open up our Bible. And we need to go back to the school of Jesus and to listen to what Jesus has to say to every one of us. Because, guys, we can do something different. We can change the perception. Um, we can reflect an attitude in our homes to our children to our co-workers, to our neighbors, that absolutely is attractive and reflects the love of Jesus for the world. So if you have your Bible, check out Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 6. It's where we're going to be today, Matthew 7, 1 to 6, continuing in the Sermon on the Mount. This is what Jesus says as he's talking about um, how we treat people around us as Christians. This is what Jesus says. Verse, uh, chapter 7, verse 1. Do not judge. Do not judge. Or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye? When all the time there's a plank in your own eye. You hypocrite, Jesus says. Wow, tough words. First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Then Jesus says, verse 6, Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. What's Jesus talking about here? Jesus is talking about how we treat other people outside of the church and jesus is specifically going to tell us to not do two things number one don't judge number two don't force your beliefs on people who don't want it so that's what we're going to look at today because jesus is saying it's not cool it's mean and i don't want you to do it so let's pray we'll dive in father in heaven thanks for today thank you that we can gather in the name of jesus and um it is so awesome to worship you together and to study your word. These are tough words. Um, it's tough to look in the mirror. And so, God, I just pray that our hearts would be humble and our hearts would be open uh, to the words of Jesus. And I pray, Father, that you would do a work of transformation in our hearts, not only in us, God, but transform the way we relate to the world around us. And we just ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we're looking at two things Jesus specifically told Christians not to do. If you're taking notes, um, number one, Matthew chapter seven, Jesus says, don't judge. Don't judge. <laughs> it's mean. Don't judge. Have you guys ever caught yourself judging someone? I just think there's something inside of us. And, and whether we're a Christian or not, um, there's something inside of us that makes judgments. And it's, 
you know, I think we all know what it's like to look at another person and there's a voice in our head that goes, you know, I'm, I'm better than that person. Not yet. I'm doing better than them. I've got my life more put together. And that can be a pretty dark place. And there are times when we all go to that dark place and we begin to judge people around us. I do it. And I know certainly um, we've all had that experience. I remember uh, one Sunday evening, our family was sitting down to eat dinner and uh, our neighbors have three dogs and there's no fence between, uh, at least there wasn't a fence between their house and our house. And as we were sitting down to eat dinner, the neighbor's three dogs came into our yard and they started barking at us. We have a huge window in our dining room and there were three dogs on the other side of that window and they started barking. And let me tell you, they barked at our family for 45 minutes, my mind went to a pretty dark place. And I began making judgments in my head. Normally, I don't notice that um, a lot of times. But something clicked inside of me. And you won't believe this, but just earlier that day, it was a Sunday evening, earlier that day, Sunday morning, I had just preached a message on loving your neighbors. Man, God, isn't God amazing how he does that? And I just had this insight. It's something that I think God really showed me in that moment. And I began to realize that I can't love my neighbor if I'm judging my neighbor. And as long as I'm judging them, I cannot love them. It is a spiritual impossibility. And the truth is, you cannot love another person as long as you're judging another person. That's why Jesus, when he came to earth, he was the least judgmental person the world had ever seen. And Jesus' command to every one of us is pretty clear. Do not judge. That's Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. And this is probably uh, one of the most popular verses that people outside of the church quote, and they'll throw it back as Christians. And let's just, let's just listen for a minute at what Jesus is having to say. Jesus says, do not judge. What does that even mean? Do not judge. Does that mean if you're a teacher that you cannot um, judge one of your students' papers? Oh, you gave me a C. I think it should be an A. Who are you to judge? Is that what Jesus is talking about, making judgments like that? Does that mean I can't try out all the cheesesteaks in Philadelphia and judge for myself what is the best tasting cheesesteak, which I'm in the process of figuring out I love cheesesteaks? Does that mean we can't judge like that or... Or how about for us as Christians? Does that mean we shouldn't be discerning about some things that are going on in the world and in the culture around us? Absolutely not. We have to read this verse in context. Jesus says, do not judge. But just a few verses later, Jesus says, beware of false prophets. And I don't know any other way to beware of false prophets if we aren't going to judge prophets and their messages. So there is a huge difference, guys, between making a judgment and, and being discerning. And I, I hope this can help you out a little bit. There is a difference between judging and discerning. And we as Christians and certain, certainly all of us need to be discerning in life. We need to be discerning about the choices we're making, about things we're allowing into our life. That's not what we're talking about here. But there's also a difference, not only between judging and discerning, there's a difference between making a judgment 
and being judgmental. And sometimes it's a fine line. And it's a line that's drawn in our heart. Are, man, do we have, are we making harsh and critical opinions of others from a place of pride and self-righteousness? Because that is being judgmental. I think we all know what it's like to be judgmental. We do it all the time. Gosh, man, it happens in our heads so quickly. You know, you see somebody, especially now in this situation we're living in, we're like, oh, that person's not wearing a mask or that person is wearing a mask or what's up with that person who's driving in a car all by themselves and they have a mask on. We're all judging people as we go on this journey. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 do not judge And then Jesus goes on to say something that kind of scares me. Keep looking as Jesus continues on. Jesus says, do not judge. Why? Jesus says, or you will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. What's Jesus saying there? I think what he's saying is, so, so when I have these thoughts in my mind, and I begin to think, oh, I'm better than, or I might be different than, or, um, or, or maybe, you know, I don't have the same problems as that person, and maybe as I start to make these judgments, I think Jesus is saying, okay, Brian, how would you like to be judged that way? And I'll tell you how, how I'd like to be judged. I would like to be judged not. Wouldn't you? Come on, we all know what it feels like to be judged. We go, oh no, come on, that's so unfair. Okay, then, how is it fair for us to judge people that same way? It's not. And so Jesus is bringing us to a place of empathy. And he's saying, okay, you who are judging others, what, think about what it would be like for you to be judged that way. Because I'll tell you how I want to be judged. I want to be judged not. And I tell you guys, this is a huge huge problem for us as Christians. Take a look at any study. When young people who are unchurched are asked questions about what they think about Christians inside of the church, the number one word they associate with Christians is the word judgmental. And I'm just thinking, guys, if we have listened to the Sermon on the Mount at all, I'm not, I can't imagine how we could even feel like judging another person. Because this entire time we've taken seriously Jesus, he has been exposing our hearts. Guys, this whole series started out with Jesus saying, blessed are what? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for a righteousness, not their own. Jesus said, if your righteousness doesn't exceed the scribes and Pharisees, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. And he began to to draw out this heart righteousness. Talking about anger, hypocrisy, lust, pride that comes out in our spiritual life. All these things that are so ugly. And I just think, guys, if we have been paying attention at all, man, I'm not sure I feel like judging anybody because of what Jesus has been teaching me over the last few weeks and what he's been teaching all of us. See, the focus is on the heart. And I know there are things in my heart that don't always look 
that pretty either. Jesus illustrates this powerfully. Um, I love this illustration. Verse 3. Jesus says, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite! First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you'll be able to see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Have you guys ever had a speck in your eye? I remember one time I was riding my bike and I got a little bug, like a mosquito, got caught in my eye. It was awful. It was painful. I could not wait to get home to get that little bug out of my eye. And what I love about the plank eye guy is he's got a friend and he wants to help that friend get a speck out of that friend's eye. And I just think, oh, that's, that's love. That's, that's a good thing. What's the problem? Guys, here's the problem. The guy trying to take the speck out of the other guy's eye, he doesn't even realize he's got a huge two by four coming out of his own eye. I think what happens is that sometimes in our own self-righteousness, here, I'll get that speck out of your eye. We actually lack self-awareness. Let me just say that again. Sometimes in our self-righteousness, we can lack self-awareness. See, the biggie in my life, it's not someone else's sin. The biggie in my life, it's my own sin. And before I start helping other people get the specks out of their eye, I better start dealing with the plank in my own eye. How do we do that? Because I just happen to know a great carpenter, and his name is Jesus. And in his mercy, he took the plank of sin. He was nailed on a cross and he rose from dead in victory. And when you begin to see Jesus, when you begin to see the cross, right, the plank begins to come out of our eye and we begin to see for the very first time, not only the greatness of our sin, but also, isn't it amazing, the greatness of God's forgiveness and love for us. And I just think, Every one of us has sin in our life. Um, You know, none of us has it all together. And that's why I need Jesus. That's why you need Jesus. Because we don't, we're not perfect. And and, and praise the Lord. What the Bible says is that mercy triumphs over judgment. And isn't that awesome that in Jesus, when we come to him, We don't get judgment. We get mercy. And mercy triumphs over judgment. Wow. When you've received that, it just changes your entire perspective. And you can begin to understand why Jesus would say, do not judge. It's a pretty mean thing to do. It's something that a lot of times lacks self-awareness on our own part. It's not cool. Jesus says, as as Christians, as followers of Jesus, Jesus says, do not judge. Second thing I want to look at. Another mean thing. Jesus says, number two, don't, number one, don't judge. Number two, do not force your beliefs on people who don't want it. Wow, it got quiet in here. Uh, It's not just because there's no one in here with me. Come on, guys, empathy for a second. I'll just say this again, empathy. 
Have you ever been in a store at the mall and you see the, the person with the clipboard? And you know if you walk by that person, they're going to push something on you. How many of you have ever just gone out of your way to avoid that person? I have. And I just think we need to understand, okay, empathy, take a second here. We just need to understand there are going to be people that don't want to hear our good news. And I know that's hard to believe. I know it's good news, it's hope, it's forgiveness, all those things. But there are still people who aren't ready. They don't want to hear that good news. I I saw this face-to-face one time when Angie and I were on an airplane. And uh, it was... It was really early in the flight and my ears perked up because there was a guy right behind me and he started to tell somebody about Jesus. I was like, oh, this is really interesting. I want to listen to this. This guy was good. And uh, he started using, you know, an evangelism tactic to share the gospel with a total stranger. And uh, and you know how these go. It's like, um, do you know for sure that you're going to go to heaven when you die? Okay, if I could tell you in two minutes, would that be good news for you? And he started to give a spiel, and he came to the moment where he was going to close it. You know, do you understand? Does that make sense? Are you ready to give your life to Christ? I tell you, I was rooting for this guy. He was good. At that moment, when he, when he started saying, are you ready to pray and give your life to Jesus Christ? Huh. Family member across the aisle gets pretty angry. Turns out this guy was, the person this guy was talking to was a boy. Must have been eight years old. And how do you think mom felt across the aisle when she heard what this guy was trying to uh, share with her son? She was pretty angry. And she got up out of her seat. She looked that guy in the eye and she said, Excuse me, sir. Stop talking to my son. I would appreciate it if you wouldn't force your religion on him. I was like, man, I was thinking, good thing this guy knows the way to heaven because this woman is about to send him there. She was not grateful for what this guy was trying to do. Guys, do we have good news? Absolutely, we have good news. Have we been sent out to share the message of Jesus? Are we not the light of the world? We are. But we just need to understand that there are people who aren't ready or open to our message. What Jesus is saying here today is he's saying, you don't have to force your beliefs on people who don't want it. Because for that guy to continue to push that conversation, he would have pushed that mom for sure further away from Christ. So let's look at what Jesus has to say about this issue. And I'll try to clear this up. This is, this is really interesting. You might go, okay, what's Jesus talking about here? Matthew 7, 6. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. What's Jesus talking about here? He talks about... He says, don't give to dogs what is sacred. Don't throw your pearls to pigs. And it's this idea that as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, we have something so sacred. Jesus compares it to a pearl. And even later in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like a jeweler on the lookout 
for the finest pearls. And Jesus says, when this jeweler found a pearl more beautiful and valuable than any jewel he had ever seen, the jeweler sold all he had and bought that pearl, a pearl of great price. And that's what we have as followers of Jesus. We have been given something so beautiful and sacred. There's nothing more valuable than the blood of Jesus that paid the price for our sins and brought us into life and into a relationship with God. But what Jesus is saying here today is that not everybody can digest that message. Isn't that Jesus' point? When Jesus says we shouldn't throw pearls to pigs, guys, it's not that they're unworthy. It's just that they can't digest it. A pig can't digest a pearl. And so, yeah, the gospel, guys, it's sacred. It's beautiful. It's transforming. But there are people out there who just don't want it. And the more you try to force that on them, the more they're going to resent you and the more they're going to resent our message. <clears throat> In fact, I think this is what Jesus is getting at when he says, don't give pearls to pigs. What does he say? They're going to trample the pearl and then they're going to turn and they're going to attack you. It's what I saw on the airplane that day. I saw an angry mom get up, say to a guy who had good intentions, I was rooting for him. And she goes, stop forcing your religion on my son. You know, Jesus actually says something very similar in Matthew 10. He sends his followers out. And Jesus says, as he gives instructions to his followers, he's sending them out to share the message now. And Jesus gives them a situation. He says, if someone doesn't welcome you or listen to your words. Yeah, Jesus, what should we do? If someone doesn't want to listen to our words, if they're not welcoming us, what should we do? Jesus says, shake the dust off your feet and move on. He's saying that's okay. Shake the dust off your feet. Move on. You don't have to continue to force your beliefs on someone who doesn't want it. What is his instruction? Jesus says, I love this. He says, look for people of peace. What's a person of peace? A person of peace is someone who's open to you and they're open to the Jesus inside of you. And Jesus says, okay, okay, stay with that person. Stay with them. Live life deeply with them. Begin to share the hope of Jesus Christ. I love that. So here, whether it's the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus says, guys, you're the light of the world. Whether it's Matthew 10 where Jesus has given his followers instructions, go out, look for people of peace, share the message of hope. We have been sent out to preach good news. But guys, good news isn't good news if it's forced upon you. And so, no, we're going to go out. We're not going to judge. But guys, we're going to be smart. And by smart, I'm talking EQ not IQ. It's about being spiritually and emotionally intelligent about where people are on their journey with God and how the message of the gospel is landing in their life. And I'm telling you, there's no better way to do that than something we call here, love, no, speak, do. We've talked about it before. Um, love, no, speak, do. It's this idea that I'm going to love you. I'm with you. 
No matter who you are, no matter what you believe, I am going to love you. I'm going to get to know you. I want to learn your story. I want to know the big picture of your life, what you've been through. I want to walk a mile in your shoes. I'm going to love you. I'm going to know you. And as I love you and know you and care about you, I'm going to have an opportunity to speak truth into your life and to do, to ask you to do something like give your life to Jesus Christ. Guys, when we love, know, speak, do people, we're following the example of Jesus Christ. And listen to this. We are taking seriously God's process of change in another person's life. And what that means is that God is in the process of changing people's life. I believe he's at work in every person's life. But we need to be patient with God's process of change in another life. And that's what matters? That's having EQ, spiritual evangelistic EQ. We've talked about this. We talked about it in Tangible Kingdom. Guys, we're going to do a whole series this summer called Love, No, Speak, Do. We want to teach you how to be an instrument in God's process of change in another person's life. It's one of our core values here. I'm standing right next to the banner. A caring place where God transforms lives. That's our passion. That's our vision. See, the process of bringing someone to Jesus isn't just about speaking truth. It's about people being ready to receive that truth. And that's just as important. So I want to wrap up here. The question we started with is, why are Christians so mean? And I just want to argue today that it's because we have not taken seriously Jesus's Sermon on the Mount. And I want to close with a quote. Um, It's from a book uh, here. It's called Studies in the Sermon on the Mount. It's by uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones. This is just an incredible, um, deep book about the Sermon on the Mount. Um, It's kind of helped me a little bit through this series. But I want to share a quote from this. Uh, This is what Martin Lloyd-Jones says in in his general introduction to the Sermon on the Mount. He says, but this is what I want to leave in your minds. I suggest to you, it is the best means of evangelism. What is the best means of sharing our faith? He says, surely we all ought to be urgently concerned at this present time. We should be concerned. The world today is looking for and desperately needs true Christians. And I am never tired of saying that what the church needs to do is not to organize evangelistic campaigns to attract outside people, but to begin herself to live the Christian life. And if she did that, men and women would be crowding into our buildings. They would say, what is the secret of this? Oh, I love that guy. See, we have an opportunity to change what the world thinks about us as followers of Jesus. And I just pray through every one of us today, people around us wouldn't be asking, why are Christians so mean? They would begin to ask, what is it about those people? I want what they have. Because of the love of Jesus Christ inside of them. By this, Jesus said, the world will know you're my disciples, not by your meanness, but by your love. Let's pray, church. God, thank you for today, for this powerful, powerful message. And as I just think about 
being judgmental or kind of pushing things on people that I shouldn't have pushed. Lord, I just ask that you would forgive me. I pray that you would forgive us. That kind of pride and self-righteousness doesn't reflect what we have in Jesus Christ. And so we run to Jesus. We run to the truth of the gospel. That on the cross, Jesus paid for it all. And we thank you for the depth of your love for us. Thank you that mercy triumphs over judgment. Thank you for the story that you're writing in our lives. Thank you for the story you're writing in the lives of people around us who still may not know Jesus. And we pray for them and we ask God that you would help us to be instruments of change and transformation in their lives, not through judgmentalism or meanness or insensitivity, but through love and the power of of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Change our hearts, change our lives. And for our church, God, let it be a caring place where God transforms lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.